Malaria. It's an ancient disease spread by mosquitoes. It's likely been one of the most persistent causes of human death throughout history. According to the Centers for Disease Control, over 600,000 people died of malaria in 2012. Most malarial endemic countries are developing nations. They are the places where American Peace Corps volunteers can be found living and working in rural communities. All Peace Corps volunteers who work in malarial endemic countries are required to take anti-malarial medications. But some Peace Corps volunteers think that the medication might be just as dangerous as malaria itself. Sarah Thompson is a returned Peace Corps volunteer who served in Burkina Faso from 2010 to 2012. I'd always really been interested in joining Peace Corps, but also I had always been interested in development work. I'd always been interested in Africa and in, in the conflict in Africa. I'd studied French, actually, because I really wanted to go to French-speaking Africa. Sarah was placed in a tiny village in eastern Burkina Faso. She worked with local women in a community garden. In Burkina Faso, malaria is actually the number one cause of death. And so the Peace Corps policy is um, it's that it's mandated that Peace Corps volunteers take an anti-malaria medication. And so the anti-malaria medication that I took was mefloquine. According to the Peace Corps Office of Medical Services, every volunteer in a malaria endemic country has an individual consultation with their Peace Corps medical officer to discuss malaria prophylaxis options. Peace Corps medical officers, or PCMOs, are the Peace Corps staff members responsible for volunteer health care. According to the Office of Medical Services, the volunteer and the PCMO discuss the pros and cons of each medication and the possible risks and side effects, and then decide on a medication together. But Sarah says that she was not offered an actual consultation about her malaria prophylaxis options. Peace Corps pretty much predetermined what they, which, which drug they're going to give you. And so they just kind of hand you a bag with the anti-malaria prophylaxis and say, this is what you're going to take. Sarah says that when she arrived in Burkina Faso, she was given several doses of mefloquine, along with a waiver form, which listed the anti-malarial medications available to volunteers. The medications listed on the waiver were mefloquine, doxycycline, and malarone. So like I said, I was just kind of given mefloquine and I didn't really question it. I mean, everybody says, oh, you just get some bad dreams, not a big deal. Um, but even on the waiver, there's no indication that any of the side effects can be permanent. Mefloquine, which is sold under the brand name Larium, is an anti-malarial drug. It was developed by the Walter Reed Army Institute and Roche Pharmaceuticals. Use of mefloquine for malaria prevention, or prophylaxis, was actually tested on Peace Corps volunteers in 1989. It was not a true double-blind clinical trial. Peace Corps volunteers who were used in the trial were trusted to take mefloquine as directed. In fact, the side effects were so severe that most volunteers secretly stopped taking it. But the effectiveness and potential side effects of mefloquine were determined based on this flawed study, and the side effects of mefloquine can be severe. There were some days in which I would sleep excessively. Um, you go to bed at 8 o'clock at night, and you sleep until 6, 6 or 8 in the morning, so that's at least 10 hours, and then during the afternoon I would probably sleep about another 4. Um, so it was just a lot of sleeping. I was lightheaded a lot of the time. Um, also, I would um, 
there were times when I would cry or I'd kind of overreact to certain situations. Um, and even the Peace Corps medical officer wrote in my file that I wasn't adjusting to sight very well. Um, and I actually thought I was. Um, so little things like that, that you just justify everything because you're in a new country. Mefloquine can cause side effects like headaches, nightmares, dizziness, and anxiety. But it can also cause more serious side effects like depression, paranoia, hallucination, and psychosis. These neurotoxic side effects are studied by Dr. Remington Nevin. Dr. Nevin is a consulting physician and epidemiologist. He worked at the Walter Reed Army Institute and did his epidemiology studies at Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Nevin studies adverse reactions to anti-malarial medications, particularly mefloquine. We know that mefloquine is a neurotoxicant. It's, uh, it's somewhat like lead uh, and mercury that uh, small amounts uh, in some people can cause uh, psychiatric effects that can last uh, long after the drug uh, has been stopped and neurological effects that can be permanent. And these are uh, not uncommonly disabling and interfere with a uh, patient's ability to uh, work and enjoy uh, a high uh, quality of life. Near the end of her service, Sarah Thompson experienced some of the more severe neurotoxic side effects of mefloquine. What had happened was that I had gotten so dizzy to the point that I was vomiting. And I, the room just would not stop spinning. And I couldn't lie down, I couldn't sit up, I couldn't really walk straight in a straight line. Um, and I was just super worried. And so I called the PCMO to say, look, I. I don't think I hit my head, but this is really starting to freak me out. And he said, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Because um, I was going into the Capitol in a few days anyway, because I was doing close of service evaluation. Um, so he said, well, just, um, just come in and we'll look at you then. And so they said, okay. So it was, I'll never forget that night. It was the worst night. And how long did that last? For probably... I would say three to six hours. And then, so when you did go into COS, what, what did the PCMO tell you, or what did they, did they determine anything? They just said it was an ear infection, that ear infections usually cause dizziness, um, and so they gave me some anti-nausea pills. Sarah ended her service in 2012 and returned to the United States, but her neurological issues continued. And then when I, when I finally got back to my parents' house in Omaha, Nebraska in December, I'll never forget it. Um, I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom or something, and, um, and I would just fall over as though I'd been drinking, and I were drunk, and I hadn't had anything that day. And um, the sense of disequilibrium was so great that I couldn't really even go to the restroom in the middle of the night without falling down. Um, so, and there was that, there were a lot of headaches, headaches or migraines very, very frequently, um, which was very scary because <laughs> that was definitely an indication that these are going to be chronic issues, right? Because you're, at, you're done with Peace Corps, you're out of that environment, and you're still experiencing symptoms. So it's not environmental. This is when you, when you start processing the fact that this is going to be a chronic issue for the rest of your life. After service, returned Peace Corps volunteer health care is covered through a program called the Federal Employees Compensation Act, or FECA, 
which is administered by the Department of Labor. Sarah filed a FECA claim, which allowed her to see a general practitioner. Um, so I went to see a doctor January of 2013. Um, they did some routine tests. They did an MRI, everything was normal. Um, so they said, well, everything's normal. There's, what can we do? It's normal. Sarah was told that she would need to see a specialist. She went to a neurologist who told her that she had an inner ear problem. For some reason, I just felt like that wasn't it. I mean, my symptoms were a little bit more nuanced than that. And I felt like there were some other things with my body that just weren't right. So I talked to an RPCV, actually, and I said, look, you know, I'm having these really weird symptoms. I have no idea what's going on. And she said, well, did you take mefloquid? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, it might be related to that. And she actually pointed me in the direction of Dr. Remington Nevin. Sarah made an appointment with Dr. Remington Nevin. He reviewed her Peace Corps medical file and discussed her continuing symptoms. Dr. Nevin concluded that Sarah was likely suffering from the continuing side effects of mefloquine. When I got Dr. Nevin's evaluation, it was just really hard because, um, like I said, I thought that the mefloquine toxicity to me after my preliminary research, it was just related to the dizziness. And I didn't think that I had been affected too much beyond that. And in Dr. Nevin's medical evaluation, he could point to specific instances in which the PCMO had written, well, she cries a lot. She's not adjusting to her sight very well. Um, she seems to freak out. I couldn't, I don't remember the exact jargon, but the fact that it seemed as though I was cognitively affected even before I was physically affected was pretty telling. In 2013, the Food and Drug Administration announced that it was issuing a black box warning, its strongest possible warning, regarding the neurologic and psychiatric side effects of mefloquine use. The FDA was responding to a series of mefloquine studies which were performed over the previous 10 years. These studies found that the incidence of adverse side effects to mefloquine use was much higher than previously thought. The warning indicated that, quote, neurologic side effects can occur at any time during drug use and can last for months to years after the drug is stopped or can be permanent, end quote. After the black box warning was issued, the U.S. Army ordered their commanders and medical personnel to stop prescribing mefloquine to special forces and elite combat units. In addition, the Army ordered its medical workers to begin assessing the possibility that some rank-and-file soldiers accused of malingering or diagnosed with PTSD may in fact be suffering from mefloquine neurotoxicity. One might have expected that Peace Corps headquarters would do the same and reevaluate their own use of the drug, but that didn't happen. On the same day that the black box warning was issued, a senior medical officer at Peace Corps headquarters sent an email to colleagues at the CDC. The message asked one simple question, quote, do you think we can still get away with using mefloquine, end quote. This email, sent by Dr. Barry Simon at Peace Corps, was obtained through a Freedom of Information request filed by Dr. Remington Nevin. The documents released by Peace Corps contained a full correspondence between Peace Corps and the CDC. Officials at the CDC responded to Dr. Simon, but they didn't directly answer Dr. Simon's question. They simply stated that CDC recommendations regarding mefloquine use had not changed. The next day, Dr. Thomas Wilkinson, another senior medical officer at Peace Corps, 
contacted the CDC as well. He wrote, quote, We're getting killed with a volunteer response to the new FDA-boxed warning for mefloquine, end quote. Wilkinson asked his colleagues at the CDC to look over a document that he had drafted to calm the volunteers. The document that Wilkinson drafted was titled, The Positive Deviant, Forget What Others Are Saying and Decide for Yourselves. Wilkinson wrote about the dangers of malaria. He wrote that malaria is transmitted by mosquitoes and that these mosquitoes are particularly attracted to the traces of alcohol in the sweat of volunteers. He wrote extensively about the anti-malarial medications available to volunteers. He described mefloquine as, quote, the weird uncle of the family. Wilkinson acknowledged the FDA black box warning, but he claimed that the FDA was influenced by media rumors, which have no basis in science. Wilkinson described the other antimalarial drugs, chloroquine, doxycycline, and malarone, in the same anecdotal terms. Malarone is a newer malaria prophylactic, which produces fewer and much less serious side effects than does mefloquine. Wilkinson described it as Princess Malarone. He wrote, quote, Princess Malarone slurps down cash like it was fruit punch at a tea party. It costs about $10 to buy doxy for you for a six-month supply, but that same six months will cost us between $700 and $1,200 to get Malarone, end quote. Wilkinson asked the readers to consider Peace Corps' limited budget and whether or not they liked the idea of asking Peace Corps to spend so much money enriching the pharmaceutical industry by providing Malarone to volunteers. Here's Dr. Nevin. In reading some of the correspondence that took place internally at Peace Corps in the days after the boxed warning, one, one really does see a, an attempt to uh, second-guess, trivialize the uh, FDA's uh, decision. Evidence of neurotoxicity, even if not proven, needs to be taken very seriously because of the uh, extraordinary uh, consequences. So for the Peace Corps to uh, seemingly demand irrefutable proof uh, of the drug's neurotoxicity before committing to uh, a safer policy uh, strikes me as uh, being profoundly irresponsible. Dr. Nevin felt so strongly about the issue that he sent a letter to Peace Corps Director Carrie hessler Radelet, urging her to reconsider her agency's mefloquine policy. Dr. Nevin reports that he never received a response. It, it, it could be that Peace Corps felt that to acknowledge uh, the drug's dangers would place them in a position of then having to account for possible harm to its volunteers over many prior decades, and that that was an acknowledgement they did not feel uh, comfortable uh, taking. I would love, love, love to see a medical practitioner and try to get more information and try to see, well, what are options for treatment or then, you know, what should I be doing? As somebody who suffers from methylquine toxicity, because not Dr. Nevin can't recommend treatment or anything because he's not a practitioner. Um, but unfortunately, I'm not independently a wealthy. I can't keep seeing specialists. Like I said, I spent about $2,500 seeing that one specialist, and I've not been reimbursed any of that by the Department of Labor. So I talked to the Peace Corps post-service med unit, and I told the, per, the contact there that, you know, look, I, I'm experiencing these symptoms and I really think could be really related to methylquine toxicity. And they said, how would I, you know, how would I get a more comprehensive diagnosis on my FECA claim? Because I'm, I was really worried, I'm still very worried 
what happens if these symptoms either get worse or if I have to deal with cognitive issues that it becomes so debilitating to me that I can't even work, but I don't have any of this information reflected on my FICA claim. Um, so the post-service unit specifically chastised me and said that mefloquine toxicity is a very controversial issue and it's not really accepted within the medical community and I probably wouldn't have a very good case to make with FICA. So that was, that was, I think that was the beginning of the end for me in dealing with Peace Corps and the post-service med unit. Mefloquine was never widely used by the general public. It was mainly used by soldiers, Peace Corps volunteers, and travelers, so there was never any demand to develop a mefloquine toxicity diagnostic or any sort of standard treatment. Essentially, if Sarah was going to get treatment for mefloquine toxicity, she would likely need to see multiple specialists in order to find one that might be willing to treat her. It would be expensive. Sarah decided that in order to get the money to pay these specialists, she would sue Peace Corps. So I did a lot of research um, to see if I could sue Peace Corps. Uh, I talked to a few attorneys. Everybody said, no, of course you can't sue Peace Corps. Um, so the more actually people kept telling me I could not do it, um, the more I grew determined to do it. Sarah couldn't get a lawyer to take her case, so she wrote the suit herself. One major part of her complaint was with the way that Peace Corps prescribed mefloquine. Proper use of mefloquine requires that users take one pill per week. The CDC recommends that users should start taking mefloquine at least two weeks prior to arrival in a malarial endemic area. This regimen allows the levels of mefloquine in the body to be gradually built up. For many years, Peace Corps did not prescribe mefloquine to volunteers in this fashion. Instead, Peace Corps volunteers were given a loading dose of mefloquine. When Peace Corps volunteers arrived in their country of service, they were instructed to take one pill of mefloquine every day for three days. After completing this loading dose, volunteers were instructed to begin taking mefloquine weekly as directed. This loading dose floods the body with the drug, forcing mefloquine to reach effective levels. A loading dose is associated with higher incidence of adverse side effects. Yeah, loading doses are not recommended. It can take a few days for the effects of a single tablet to fully manifest and uh, be uh, brought to the attention uh, of the user. And uh, it's critical to use mefloquine in a more safe manner to be aware of how you are responding to each individual dose. And if you do experience any psychiatric or neurological effects uh, that you think may be attributable to the drug, to immediately stop the drug and take no more tablets because that could be an indication of a personal susceptibility to uh, what could be permanent uh, neurotoxicity. Sarah believes that Peace Corps prescribed a loading dose of mefloquine to volunteers in their country of service, specifically to avoid litigation. An exemption in federal tort law prevents suits against the government which arise on foreign soil, so Peace Corps can't be held responsible for prescribing mefloquine to volunteers overseas. Sarah's suit against Peace Corps was denied by the court for this very reason. So I do, I do blame Peace Corps, absolutely. Um, but I want to make the distinction because I know that a lot of return Peace Corps volunteers say, well, if you're going to go overseas in a developing country, you have to expect that you, something's going to happen or 
you're gonna get sick or something, you know, you will be affected for the rest of your life. But my response to that is, you know, I do, I have a staph infection in the form of boils. I don't blame Peace Corps for that. That's, that's something you, very common actually in West Africa from what I saw. Um, but I do blame a government agency for distributing a drug contrary to CDC and FDA recommendations, the three pills that you take right upon arrival in country, that's not at all recommended by the FDA. Um, and in fact, the FDA recommends against that practice. Peace Corps continues to prescribe mefloquine to volunteers in malarial endemic areas, but they have slightly changed their policy regarding loading doses. In a 2014 malaria prevention guide, produced by the Peace Corps Office of Medical Services, Peace Corps medical officers are not encouraged to provide loading doses of mefloquin to volunteers. The guide also states that if a volunteer does elect to take mefloquin, then the Peace Corps medical officer must provide them a medication guide consistent with FDA guidelines regarding mefloquin use. Despite the fact that the FDA produced new guidelines for mefloquin in 2013, the Malaria Prevention Guide still directs Peace Corps medical officers to provide medication guides consistent with the 2003 FDA mefloquine guidelines. The 2003 guidelines do not contain the strong warning about potential long-term side effects. Every volunteer has the right to know what situation they're going to be going into, be it in a malaria place or a place where you're more likely to be sexually assaulted or a place that you're more likely to be um, in a high crime area. Um, every volunteer has the right to this information, and the fact that they specifically withhold this information is criminal. A Peace Corps spokesperson sent the following statement regarding this story. Quote, Malaria is a dangerous and potentially deadly illness. The agency works closely with the Centers for Disease Control to ensure that all policies on malaria-suppressive medications are up-to-date and based on the best medical information available." End quote. 